welcome back. It's Our Brooklyn Bites, episode 106. I am Stephanie. I am Leon. And Leon, we have Thanksgiving a mere day or two away. That's right. Here in the States, we continue the celebration of being thankful for uh, a good harvest. Because mm. <laughs> we're all farmers still. Still. But uh, I guess it's just a tradition, so we keep it going. Farming for coins in your game, right? <laughs> If that's what makes you happy. I guess. Turkey makes me happy, too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I may not play a lot of games this week, personally, because of family time, but did you play anything this past week? Oh, I did. Yeah? I actually had decided to check out the next Disney game in the line of Sega-produced Disney games, and I'm talking about, this time, Deep Duck Trouble, starring Donald Duck. This was... The Donald. (laughs) Very timely reference, right? Well, this is a follow-up to The Lucky Dime Caper, which is the last game I played in the series. This is kind of another one made for the 8-bit Sega consoles Mm -hmm. for uh, Game Gear and for Master System. This was released in the U.S. on the Master System, or is that one of those Brazil... Uh, right, yeah. So it didn't come out in the States on the Master System, only in Europe and in Brazil. Mm. But we did get the Game Gear version. So they're pretty similar. They're you know, essentially the same game, but just to deal with the fact that the Game Gear has a smaller portable screen, it's a little more zoomed in, and I think the objects are a little bigger versus you know the Master System, which is made to be played on a TV, so it's a little different. This game in particular came out in 1993, it's following Quackshot on the Genesis and Lucky Dime Caper, which were released in 91. So I did play the Master System version. And the first thing you get in the game is a little story intro where Uncle Scrooge has been cursed by one of his treasures. He's gotten an amulet from a shrine from an uninhabited island somewhere. And uh, what the curse has done to him is is he's been inflated and he's floating around like a balloon. (laughs) So it's been determined that in order to break the curse, the amulet has to be returned back to the island that it came from. So Donald decides to take that up as his next adventure. I thought he doesn't like Scrooge, though. (laughs) I think um, there must be some kind of rivalry, I suppose. I don't think he dislikes him. He's probably seeking his approval more than anything. Okay. Donald decides, I'm going to take Scrooge's uh, adventure diary, where the information that he needs has been uh, recorded, and he journeys to the island to try to break the curse. So in this game, Donald has the ability to jump. It's a side-scrolling platformer. Uh, He lets him climb up and uh, jump onto enemies to defeat them, too. He can also crouch down, and I I bet you thought I was going to describe that as ducking down, but I'm not going to say that. (laughs) Uh, But he can also kick. Now, the kicking is not a direct attack, so he can't just go up to enemies and just kick them to defeat them. Rather, what he can do is he can only do it against a wall or an object. And by doing so, he can kick boxes and send them flying into the air, or he can kick a block and it'll slide along the ground. Pretty much the way it works in DuckTales, like the way Uncle Scrooge can swing his cane and kick something up into the air. Same kind of thing. So doing so might result in an attack, or it might trigger an action. Kicking a wall or a solid part of the ground might reveal like a hidden item. You know, one of those items that you might pick up for health or for points. Uh, Items can include health packs in the form of an ice cream cone for one bubble of health, Mm. or a roasted chicken for full health. That's always the favorite. The duck is eating a chicken. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, yeah, what does that mean? Sure, why not? <laughs> you can also pick up an icon of Donald Duck for a one-up. Now, he might find a large diamond or a money bag for points. So, oddly enough, there's a lot of bags of money scattered on this deserted island, marked with dollar signs, no less. Mm-hmm. So I suppose... They make it easy for you. I guess they want to be compatible with modern currencies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it actually didn't occur to me that it's dollar signs, because if this is a European release. Uh, yeah, it's, and I mean, it was developed in Japan, actually. So oh. 
So um, I guess they're just going with whatever was represented in the comics, probably. Yeah, probably. Disney comics were probably the, the cue for the mm. visual style. Well, so the game starts off on the island. Donald travels there. You've got a bit of a stage select. It starts off with four different areas that can be tackled first. So it's not completely linear. You can choose which, which order you do these stages in. And the choices are the inlet, the jungle, the valley, or the volcano. And I choose to start off in the jungle. The way the stages are laid out, you know, there's an overall stage, but then they, they're broken up into two different scenes. So you get a little title card that tells you you're doing scene one or scene two. And in the jungle, the first scene is the savanna. And this is a, a grassland, kind of an open plain type of a setting. The enemies are primarily animals, like flying squirrels and, and wolves that pop out of the ground. I didn't, I didn't know there was a breed of island-dwelling <laughs> subterranean wolves, <laughs> but I suppose that's, that's what's going on here. And, uh, this, a, I guess because you're a duck, you're their prey, right? Uh, you're the prey of everything in this <laughs> game. <laughs> There's even Hopping Rat story about here. Wow. Uh, so at one point, uh, I have to hop along the backs of a herd of wild ostriches. There's like these ostriches like, that are stampeding, mm. and you have to kind of jump on them and, and hop from one to the other. Now, another item that I notice I can pick up here is the chili pepper. And naturally, that causes Donald to go wild into his quack attack mode. Yeah. Wasn't that in the other games, too? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, oh, sure. So carried over one, at least one thing? Yeah, it gives him temporary invulnerability and lets him, lets him charge through enemies a short distance. Does he make that like sound when he gets mad? Like <laughs> right, in the, 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 the manic quacking sound? Yeah, no, not in this game. Okay. Mm-mm, don't get any of that, unfortunately. Uh, but the next area is the jungle. That's scene two here. This area has a little more vertical space. I'm able to jump into the trees a bit. There's vines and like floating leaves to help navigate across the branches of the trees. There's some new enemies too, including snails, uh, snakes that drop out of the trees. And snails don't seem th- threatening to me. <laughs> when I think of a snail as an enemy. I'm thinking I could probably beat a snail. You would think they should be really slow too. Yeah. Well, these are more of a threat than that. These are wild uh, island snails, so who knows? Okay, they could be poisonous. We don't know. <laughs> right. Well, there's also flowers that spray deadly spores to watch out for. So everything is everything is a menace here. Yeah, really. Even the flowers you have to look out for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a, at one point there's a there's an angry looking ape that kind of rises out of the ground. And that sort of starts off kind of what the end sequence of every stage is like. So what he does is he starts to shake the trees, and that causes a bunch of apples to start raining down out of the trees. Mm-hmm. And that causes Donald to start running. And while that's happening, the ape is kind of chasing him, jumping on the trees above. And pretty much Donald has to avoid the falling apples and also falling at the spike traps. So he's constantly running. You can speed up or slow down a little bit. But it's the same kind of run that he gets into when he eats the chili pepper. Mm. So you're kind of uncontrollably running forward, and you just have to avoid the obstacles. Uh, If you do it long enough, the ape ends up slamming into a tree to reveal uh, a treasure, which is the Jungle King's crown. And I'm earning a new treasure. So I thought I was on this island to return the amulet to you know, lift the curse, not collect more treasures, but there's a purpose to doing this. Okay, so you take it anyway. (laughs) You take it anyway, because Donald can't resist. So the next stage is the volcano, and I kind of begin in an underground cavern. Unsurprisingly, this area is inhabited by things you would find in a cave, like bats, and there's also crickets, some reason. And not Jiminy Cricket. Not Jiminy Cricket specifically, just mm-hmm. general crickets. <laughs> and uh, there's also moles that will hurl boulders at me. Other hazards are volcanic vents that also help by creating uh, platforms. They, they Occasionally they will spew up lava and cause the platform to rise up, so I can use that to, to jump up to the next level. There's also falling rocks to worry about. But sometimes these can provide protection. I can ride them along the ground over spikes. Uh, The rock will fall in and you kind of just have to walk along with it. At the end of this scene, uh, I notice uh, the score gets tallied up. I get a life bonus 
and I get something called RD score added in, and I'm not quite sure what that was. I haven't been able to figure RD. that out. RD. Yeah, that's what it says. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a mystery. I'm going to have to try to find that out RD. what that actually is. Something Donald's or Red Donald's? I don't know. I'm not okay. sure. Probably just, you know, how many uh, special items I picked up or something, mm. maybe. But I'm not sure why RD. I don't know what, that, I don't know what yeah. that's getting at. Uh, so further on in the next scene in the volcano, uh, things are heating up a little more. There's a boulder rolling in a pool of lava. So enemies here are a little more flame-oriented. You see wisps of flame uh, burning, and you have to avoid floating in the air. Uh, there's also some spiders to worry about, and just a lot more opportunities in general to fall into bottomless pits. There's a lot more kind of platforming that has to occur. I also notice there's a lot, a lot of nice bits of animation on Donald. He will like kind of teeter on the edge of a platform, like kind of flailing his arms to regain his balance, or he'll start to perspire from the heat because like oh, it's very cool. it's very hot in the in the volcano. Uh, but there's a fair amount of slowdown in the game too. There's points where it's like clearly struggling to to animate all the backgrounds, the bubbling pools of lava, mm. along with a number of sprites on screen at the same time. So it seems to get bogged down pretty frequently. Well, this was what ninety one, ninety three, ninety three. So this is, I mean, if you think about how old the master system is, mm-hmm. to keep pushing the the hardware this much. Yeah, they certainly. When did it come out? Eighty three. I guess so. Right? Yeah, same as the Famicom, really. That's insane. Mm Mm-hmm. It's kind of nuts. So, after hopping upwards to escape, there's one part of the level where I have to escape a rising pool of lava, Mm -hmm. and I have to, like, jump across multiple platforms to try to stay ahead of it. There's another chase sequence that occurs from a series of rolling boulders to end the stage. And uh, after I do that... Uh, it grants me another treasure called uh, the Ruby of Fire. In between each of these stages, you end up going back to the, the island screen to pick your next stage. And I noticed that the two treasures I've picked up so far have been kind of laid over the location of each of these uh, on the map. And so you kind of have like a visual tally of what you've completed so far, along with um, some some animated characters. So you see the animated ape thumping his chest from uh, the jungle stage and uh, you see the volcano now is active and it's spewing lava onto the screen i guess that was donald's fault for (laughs) for interfering with that stage but yeah it's kind of cool and i think it's an interesting way they kind of mix it up instead of having the typical boss fight at the end of the stage uh, all these stages have this chase sequence where you're kind of running and you're trying to you know avoid obstacles and keep uh, keep away from whatever enemy is chasing you so the next area is the valley and in this one there's angry bees and billy goats to worry about this is kind of like a canyon like area it starts off with donald climbing up several rocky platforms to get up to this geyser which lifts him up towards the mountaintop Uh, there's a lot of uh, mini avalanches that kind of form uh, blocks of snow that he can walk on. Mm-hmm. And eventually I get into uh, an area called the Ice Cavern. And here, uh, this is inhabited by yetis. And there's a lot of ice, so the ground is a bit slippery, causing uh, Donald to slide. It's always, always fun to control. Yeah, always a little extra level of uh, challenge there. Uh, in, in this stage, Donald will shiver when idle instead of uh, sweating. And um, if he falls into the water, this is a, there's a few pools of water that he can fall into. He'll get frozen into like an ice cube and he'll float up to the top of the water. That's disturbing. <laughs> How does like, he get freed? Um, I guess you got to go on to your next life. Oh, uh, okay. That's it. <laughs> so at one point I have to uh, embed an ice block onto the horn of a narwhal to use as a platform. Now, you've seen these whales that have the, the horn coming out of the top of their head. They're kind of like, they're almost like unicorn whales. Okay. Uh, I, I wonder if there's a list of games that feature narwhals, because <laughs> I, I, know that, I know there's that game Star Wall. Yeah. You, you've yeah. seen that one, yeah. right? Where it's like the jousting space whales. Mm-hmm. So there's at least these two games. I'm, I'm sure I can start a list and somewhere buried identify in an, them an all. RPG somewhere. I'm sure you have to fight one of those. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Well, these creatures are a little less helpful in another section where they push up the ice. If I jump on a block of ice, they kind of push it up towards these icicles that are on the ceiling. So you don't want to get caught there. So 
the problem with I, I noticed in this area is that Donald does slide around very easily, but another issue is that he sticks a little bit when he lands, when he jumps. So if you land somewhere, you can't always use your momentum to just keep sliding. He kind of like sticks a little bit to the ground before I'm able to move again. Hmm. And uh, it makes it a little difficult to, to be able to just jump on successive platforms in a row. It messes with the timing a little bit. So you have to be very deliberate because once you've landed and it sticks, you, you, you tend to push forward to move ahead, but, but now you're kind of sliding on the ice. So it makes it a little more challenging. There's a, a nice uh, sort of a water flume section. He lands on an ice floe and he has to like go down this uh, river until the next chase sequence begins where um, a large falcon swoops in to carry him off to uh, a series of cliffs. And I, I noticed the uh, character animations are kind of really nice during the chase sequences here. Donald's movement is very exaggerated, very cartoon style, which conveys a very lively feeling to the whole game. Uh, as far as the Falcon goes, he'll occasionally swoop in closer. And at that moment, I have to hop back and just bop it once on its back as it's trying to swoop in on me. Um, do that a bunch of times until the Falcon gets splashed by this geyser and releases the next treasure, which is the quill of the Falcon. Mm. So then I move on to the inlet, which initially scene one is underwater. Donald puts on his scuba gear and dives into the sea. Do ducks need scuba gear? <laughs> Apparently so. Okay. Well, they still they can't breathe underwater, so that's yeah. But a scuba, well, I guess you can use like an air tank, right? Right. Well, that's okay. what he's got. He's got a little. So you don't have to worry about oxygen. Right. Right. All right so that's good. Yeah. No. No oxygen to worry about on this one, at least. Uh, so movement is is slowed somewhat here because he's underwater, even while walking, and even though he can swim. There's no head bopping, right? Because you're not able to jump and land on an enemy. You're kind of just swimming horizontally. So you don't have that advantage of being able to eliminate enemies that way. There's fish. There's snakes that pop out of the rocks. But my only action here is I can kick. I can still kick boxes into them. Mm. So there's a few opportunities to do that. Uh, a lot of spiky sea urchins that line the walls. Uh, there's sleeping fish that blow bubbles as they're sleeping, and that kind of forces the water to flow in a certain direction. And, of course, there's spikes on the other side if you uh, allow yourself to get swept away. Now, the, the next area is the sunken ship. That's the second scene underwater, where there's a few kind of simple block puzzles that can be used really just to get some extra bonus points. Um, there's attacking clams. To, that okay. will jump up and try to run into me, and there's also puffer fish. Uh, now, initially, the fish moves pretty quickly. It's, like, small. But if you kick a box into it, it almost appears to swallow the box, and that's what causes it to puff uh, up. Okay. So then it's bigger, but it moves slower. And then a second attack will eliminate it completely. If there's another box available, that you can kick into it. There's uh, a lot of that kind of stuff. I mean, there's not a lot, whole lot of variety on this level. Until the end, where a shark appears to break through the ship's hull, and Donald is forced to swim up to the surface of the ocean in the next chase sequence for the stage. The shark is chasing him, and he's trying to get to the top. It kind of hovers below him, and occasionally it will snap up and try to grab him. Uh, and also, you have to navigate some obstacles. There's some barriers and, and more spikes and stuff uh, along the way. But it's not too long until he gets to the top where the shark ends up running into the crane of his ship and uh, loses one of his teeth. And that's the next treasure, the golden fang. Oh, wow. So once I have all of these four treasures, the shrine reveals itself and it rises up. So it's the crown, the tooth. Right. What was the other one? The quill. Oh, the quill. Yeah. I'm trying to see if there's a, uh, anything... Do they have anything to do with each other? Not really. Okay. There's no kind of unifying theme to them. Okay. It's just uh, basically collecting these four treasures allows the shrine to be accessed. Mm. So that was the purpose of collecting those treasures. So then we move on to the actual shrine area. This is an ancient ruin. It looks um, maybe like the inside of a pyramid or something like that. Uh, it's inhabited by spiders. 
There's leaping piranhas that jump out of the water. There's crabs that kind of wave their claws at me with some attitude, perhaps. Mm. <laughs> there's a little kind of a chili pepper challenge where there's like a series of ramps. And at the end of each one is a treasure box that has a chili pepper in yeah. it. So if you're able to do it successfully, it's pretty cool because the whole all the ramps are aligned with enemies. So as you run up each one, you knock into the chili pepper and it turns you around and sends you up the next ramp. Mm. You can't turn around while you're in that rampage mode. <laughs> so you have to be able to catch the next one in order to be able to turn around and, and keep it going. It you know knocks out a whole bunch of crabs if done correctly. Uh, having to run across uh, a, a set of collapsing platforms also is another point where that sticky landing is is kind of hard because again it's like very timing sensitive and um, that extra little millisecond of sticking kind of throws me off a little bit. Uh, further into the shrine, there's um, areas where you encounter some ghosts that are uh, they're kind of hiding in their hats. There's like a hat on the on the ground. And basically, the ghost will lift the hat and pop out of it. Hats, okay. Yeah, ghostly hats. Huh. Uh, there's also fire-spitting gargoyle heads along the walls. And there's even some statues that hold some spears that will mm. try to poke it at Donald as he's coming by. Uh, there's a few chances here to also ride some moving platforms. And that's uh, a little more challenge uh, compared to the rest of the game. Another room adds some extra stuff with flames that fade out. So, like, there's these fire torches, and when the torch is lit up, the room is lit as well, and you can see everything around it. But occasionally the flame will fade out, and the room is dark. And you have to kind of remember what you saw while the room was lit up to get through it. Um, You also have to use that lantern as a platform. So you can't jump on it while the flame is there. You have to wait for the flame to go out. Mm. So uh, a little more complexity. It's not too bad, though. And there's also a chase sequence at the end, which is on a log flume. There's hieroglyphics on the wall that offer directions on when to jump and what direction to go in. Because it's a series of logs, you have to know when to jump off and get onto the next log. Mm-hmm. But you have to watch the directions on the wall. So it's a little more um, things to worry about here. Uh, however, at the end of this, there's no treasure rewarded simply access to the final area which is titled statue Mm. and this time there's gargoyle heads that are floating through the air they're not just stuck on the walls but it's just this long continuous hallway at the end of which is the only boss fight in the game which uh, appears as a tall duck in robes kind of floating in the air Mm. now i'm not really sure why i'm fighting this guy i don't know who he is or I guess he's maybe uh, offended that the treasure was stolen in the first place. Because I'm here to return his treasure. I don't know why he should be mad about it. But... Yeah, I mean, he let you in, right? Right. Well, I had to earn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I guess he holds a grudge of, of, of some kind. So one of the things he can do is he can uh, shoot this beam. It's almost like a laser into the floor. And what it does is that creates a block that I can then use to kick up towards him. Uh, he'll also occasionally shoot a spray of of bullets towards me. But after doing that a few times, he starts to teleport around the room, and then he creates kind of a spiral of bullets around him. Slightly different uh, mode of attack. It's not too hard. All I have to do is kind of stand against the edge of the screen until he's close to me, and then just jump on his head while the bullets are not there. Fairly simple fight, very easy after he's defeated, the amulet is placed back on the statue, and the crown appears over it. Okay. Donald is very impressed by this crown, his, his new treasure, and returns with it back home. <laughs> he takes the treasure? He takes the okay. treasure. Yeah. And, of course, he finds out that the curse has been lifted from Uncle Scrooge for returning the amulet. But... Because Donald's not too bright, and he brought the crown back with him, you can guess what happens. Now Donald is cursed with, because he took uh, the crown away so from... He gets all puffy and... He becomes a balloon, too. Uh-huh. And the game ends with a scene of Uncle Scrooge carrying Donald as a balloon with the nephews off into the sunset. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the Scrooge don't care. He's just like, ah, eh, we're just gonna... He's like, ah, Donald, you know... Yeah, we'll have to figure out if we can... Maybe, maybe we'll we'll take our time with this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, so in conclusion, pretty much, it's a you know fairly simple game, a bright, colorful game, but very short and really not much of a challenge. It sounds like a, like a real kids game. Mm-hmm. Very simplistic. I feel like it's a little similar in, in in the Illusion series too. As I played more of those games, they tend to have gotten easier as you got further into the subsequent mm-hmm. releases. I don't know why that is, but at any rate. So as I mentioned, the game was released on the Game Gear in the U.S. in 1993. In Japan, it was titled Donald Duck's Four Treasures. That was the name of this game there, for, I guess, obvious reasons. It was developed by uh, a studio based in Tokyo called Aspect that did a lot of work for Sega. I don't think they were part of the company, but they definitely worked on a lot of 8-bit Sonic titles. They did all those. They did Batman Returns for the Game Gear. They also did uh, Legend of Illusion, one of the Illusion games. Okay, so they did another Disney game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And as was common back then, the developers were credited under various pseudonyms. Mm. They didn't use their real names because they didn't want to be pilfered by the competition. Or at least that's what, I guess, management wanted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the game's designers were credited under names such as Otanuki SP and Sharu Sharu. Those were the game designers. Or Those could be real names for all I know. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> right? But in fact, they were just uh, made up, I suppose. Okay. The main programmer was Hero777. I guess he was a slot machine fan, maybe. Oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it could be. So I checked the eBay values just to see how this game fares. $1,000. <laughs> well, the Game Gear version is fairly inexpensive. It is 5 to $7 for a loose cart, or about 10 to 15 for a boxed version. Mm-hmm. And there's even a sealed copy that was sold for $20. Mm. So fairly cheap and easy to get. The SMS version, a little more expensive. These were all European carts, ranging between 40 to $60. Mm. Yeah. That's a bit much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, was the sound, did it have FM sound at all, or...? Uh, I, I would say the sound is not very distinctive in this game. The music was very run-of-the-mill, very typical Disney cartoon-sounding stuff, but nothing super impressive. Mm. Very simple tunes. Didn't really stand out to me. Um... Yeah, I think only certain models of the uh, Master System had that FM chip, so I don't think they bothered to do that kind of sound for this game. I think what would have been cool is after you beat the game, you like a second quest appears, and you can play again as Scrooge mm-hmm. going to get Donald. It's like <laughs> the same game, but like right. maybe Scrooge's abilities are different. Like Maybe he has the pogo stick or something uh-huh. instead of... Because you said like Donald's kick maneuver is right. very similar to the pogo stick. Similar, right? From DuckTales, that would have been great if they did like a little, like a second mode opened up. Yeah, that would have been that would have been a nice touch, but uh, I didn't didn't see anything like that. Mm Kind of just went back to the title screen, (laughs) and that was that. (laughs) Thank you for our playing. (laughs) Some kind of. Yeah, actually, the the text was all normal in this game. There was nothing peculiar about any of the phrasing. But yeah, that's kind of what I what I spent my time playing. Nice. Fun. Uh, always an adventure in Disneyland, huh? <laughs> I'm always surprised that I go back to these games because I'm not a huge Disney fan. But there's still something about them that are still charming and, you know, they're still well-designed games. Uh-huh. So I feel like they're worth checking out. And yeah. especially especially the 8-bit stuff. A lot of people know all the mainstream Disney releases like Castle of Illusion and DuckTales and games mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but these are equally valid, I guess, in the in the lineup. Do you consider Tron Arcade as a Disney game? <laughs> well, technically speaking, I suppose it is. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of overlap with other Disney properties until, uh, I guess, Kingdom Hearts, maybe? Right, yeah. They, they, Kingdom Hearts have... 2, they did have some a Tron world. In uh, that... Yeah, I think so. I never played it, but I, I read it somewhere, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I would play a game this week. You know, I squeeze in a little game here. So this game started out on the internet. <laughs> really? You've heard of that, right? The internet, you say? The internet, yeah. Is that a game system? <laughs> uh, well, so it was a YouTube kind of video web series. And uh, I think you sent this to me, too, quite a while ago. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I didn't know that they were making a game out of this, but it was uh, a seven-episode series by... 
this uh, studio called Studio Joho. Mm-hmm. And it was on YouTube. And these seven videos were represented as stages, they call them. Yeah. Like, uh, these seven videos. So they looked kind of like a flash, like animation style sort of thing, but with a pixel graphic. So it looked like, oh, this could be like a pixel sort of like it game, mm-hmm. but it's animated, you know, in some kind of modern program. I think when you sent me that clip a long, really long time ago, I feel like it was. I, I went through it quick. I don't remember it too well. So mm-hmm. but when I went back to it to look at it after I played this game, then it, it brought back some memories. I was like, oh, okay, now I remember this art style and these videos. So um, what it turns out was they made a game based off of all these videos, and now this game is stage eight. Mm-hmm. Stage eight. So this would be like the, seventh, the eighth video okay. in the series, but it's actually a game. It's called Dan the Man. And it's by Half Brick Studios, mm-hmm. just came out this year. And Half Brick Studios, um, they're kind of famous for Fruit Ninja mm-hmm. and Jetpack Joy- Joyride, I think it's called. Jetpack Joyride? Jetpack, yeah. It's an action platformer. And, uh, you know, like those videos, you play this sort of like Rambo-looking guy uh-huh. um, who like punches and kicks. He's like a, it's like a beat-em-up, but it's a side-scroller. I would say it's sort of a mix between... River City Ransom, Scott Pilgrim, and Castle Crashers. Mm-hmm. It sort of has that sort of vibe to it. Nice. Yeah, it is pretty nice. Your your goal in this one is your girlfriend Josie was captured, so you, you want to go rescue her. Naturally. That's sort of right. Yeah, it's the typical, you know, princess in the castle sort of storyline. Uh-huh. Um, now, there is kind of a twist to it. When you start the game, you can choose a character. I chose Dan as the default. Mm-hmm. But you can choose Josie, so I don't know how the storyline changes if you choose her, if Dan is the guy you have to free. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I guess I can go back and check that out. But, you know, the default is that Dan character. Uh, so there's a war going on. In addition to this whole storyline of you going after her and trying to free her, there's this war between two factions. There are these... Red Ninja guys, they're considered the resistance. Mm-hmm. And then you have the king. And the king is controlling this, like, organization. And they're the ones who capture Josie. So, um, throughout the game, you know, you're going to be presented with these cutscenes where the storyline is going to play out, where these Red Ninja, like, groups are going after the king also, and they're trying to storm the castle, and, you know, they're going against these bad guy organizations and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, that's sort of a side storyline, and things progress with that also and you also have these two sidekick dudes um they're called geezers (laughs) i'm not even sure like how they fit into this whole story but these guys are like the comedy relief like there'll be a big explosion and these two guys will just like walk out of a room somewhere and be like you know hey what's going on sort of thing Uh right but they're your friends also so they follow you around but not in the game only in the Mm cutscenes. so the game itself there's 12 levels and it's represented with, like, a, a map, a side-scrolling map that shows you what level you're on. And there's a boss fight every three levels. The The boss fights are kind of cool because they remind me of sort of, like, the Dr. Wily Mega Man sort of big, enormous contraption vehicle things that you have to beat. They're pretty well done, well animated. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said before, the Dan character, he punches and kicks. You also, as uh, some of your moves you can do, you could do a jump kick. And you also do, like, a downward thrust kick. Sort of like in, if you ever played Shinobi 3 on the Genesis, that, like, sort of downward kick uh-huh. move. Right. There's also some grab moves. You can uh, grab the enemy. Uh, like, if you punch them once or twice, you run into them and grab them. And you can fling them in any direction. And you can also do an uppercut as well. So there's two kind of maneuvers there. Now, uh, when you punch an enemy, you're going to see, like, a number pop off the screen, like in an RPG or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can upgrade your moves, and that number will increase. So, like, if your punch does, like, 10 damage, during the the levels, it'll give you a chance to upgrade your moves. And, um, you know, it'll increase it to 20 or 30 or 40. Oh, so just uh, the upgrade just up increases the damage. It yeah, yeah, It doesn't, doesn't give you, like, new moves or anything. Well, yeah, well, so some of the moves you do have to buy. Uh-huh. In order to unlo- you have to oh, unlock okay. them. So you, you start out with just punch and kick as, like, basic moves. Mm-hmm. And then between the levels, as, as you play the game, you'll you beat guys and you'll break, like, vases and there's coins in them. Mm. So those coins you use as currency to buy moves. Naturally. And an upgrade moves, too. Mm-hmm. There's also weapons you can find in these stages. So there's um, 
like shurikens, there's daggers, there's all different types of guns, and, and then the big gun is like the bazooka. That gives like the most damage. Mm-hmm. And these are usually found like just scattered in the level, but there's shops on the level, like one shop per level usually, and if you have any coins saved up, you can buy like one of these weapons if you really want. And, you know, there's, they're limited to the amount of ammo you have. And once they're gone, they're gone. You have to, like, refine it. Mm. I, I found myself not using the weapons that much because um, I felt like my punch and kicks were, like, good enough. But on the boss fight, sometimes it comes in handy because it's, like, a projectile weapon, you know? Right. There's, so there's these potions. And when you start off, you have uh, you get one red potion, right? So when you die, this potion acts sort of like a, as a life refill. And it automatically put back your life mm-hmm. and if you die again then it's game over and you have to continue at your checkpoint but um you get an opportunity to rebuy in the potion in the shop usually if you don't have it or um sometimes like an enemy will drop it in a rare occasion or if you find like a treasure chest you know you can punch it open and, and see if there's one in there mm-hmm. the enemies that you fight they're pretty standard you get like guys with just bats who come after you uh, later on you get guys with guns We'll try to shoot at you. Rival gang members, basically. Yeah, yeah, basically like the guys from that organization. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're very, they're very cool looking. They're very stylized. Uh, there's guys with jetpacks. Later on, they'll, they'll fly <laughs> around, and uh, there's dogs that you'll have to look out for. Bats when you start going underground. Uh, the the funny thing is that there's drones. These flying drones that will um, have like a police siren on them, and they shoot at you. They reminded me of the. Um, I think it's in Nuclear Throne. Mm-hmm. You know those, like, police drone things? Yeah, right. I feel like, I don't know, like, for some reason I thought of that. I don't know why, but, I don't know, for some they're not, like, difficult like that, but <laughs> they just remind me. They just hover, and you just gotta kick them and punch them. Uh-huh. And then you fight some ninjas later on, too. There's also, like, mini-bosses that you fight, and um, these are, like, versions of the guys you fight, but, like, larger. They're, like, four times the size. And these some of the, sometimes these guys will have a shield. Hmm. And if they have a shield, like, you can't punch them in the front. You have to sort of, like, stun them and then jump behind them and hit them from behind. Different techniques you got to use to oh, beat nice. these guys. Uh, some of them will have, like, machine guns also. So a little bit trickier to get close to. Uh, as far as, like, the levels go, they're... Nothing, I would say, like, the level design is probably one of the weak points in this game. It's sort of pretty sh- standard, like, from A to B sort of thing. Nothing special. There's some secret areas, but... It's pretty obvious where the secret... Although later on, I, I, I couldn't find any, a lot of the secret areas. But in the beginning, it's pretty obvious. Like, oh, this is like a secret... You can tell where the secret areas are. Mm-hmm. And if you find one, usually there's like all these vases that you can break and you get like extra coins. Um, there's some like gems which give you more currency also. You know, when you when you beat the level, it'll tell you how many secret levels you found. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess like if you want to replay the level, you can. If you feel like you want to unlock everything. But... Other other than like that, it gives you more currency. There's, there's I don't see a big need to, to find these things. Mm-hmm. The, the cutscenes between the levels is sort of like part of the fun of this game. Uh, reminds me a little like of Shovel Knight Two. That sort of uh, feel to it. There's no dialogue at all. It's all done with uh, body language of the characters and like little noises they make when they talk. <laughs> you just hear like beep 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 like that sort of thing. So there's no text on the screen to tell uh, you. The I story? don't recall being there being text like 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 text bubbles. Right. I don't know. No. Now that you say that, I'm trying to think. Like there might be some, but I don't think that's not how the story is driven. Though it's mostly like yeah. implied with with the story, like what they're saying mm-hmm. by like actions, not really like text bubbles. Right very simple you understand what's going on it's not like mm-hmm. uh, it sort of works whatever they did i think it works fine yeah and then that's that's sort of like what the game's all about you know it's it's definitely like a beat-em-up action type game uh, like i was mentioning when you start the game you can choose a character there's also unlockable characters too and i don't know how that changes the game there's there's actually quite a bit there's I forget what the first guy is called. I think you could play as that jetpack joyride guy, mm-hmm. but you have to pay like five dollars to unlock him. All right. I, th- I don't know if you can unlock him with coins, but uh, if I, if you click into that though, it, it brings up a whole menu of like fifteen or twenty different characters you can be. Mm-hmm. You can also create your own character if you want to be like you know your own guy. Oh, nice. Um, the catch with that is he starts off in like underwear and, and a t-shirt, mm-hmm. and you have like no moves. You can play and use the coins to buy moves. 
But if you want to put clothes on them and stuff, you have to purchase that stuff. Really? Yeah, it's like a dollar shirt, or I mean, you can use the coins too. I think, but uh-huh. um, the you coins. Earn it though. You yeah, the coins it. don't go that far. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't create a character, but I never felt the need where I needed to buy coins. Mm-hmm. But you know, the game is free to play. But if you do want to do a lot of these extra things, you probably will invest a couple of dollars here and there for coins. Um, which is, you know, totally fine. I mean, they have to make money somehow, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, this is like a two to four hour game probably without paying for it. Mm-hmm. There's also a hard mode that you can unlock. Uh, I don't know if... Actually, I, I didn't notice the hard mode until after I beat the game. So, I don't know if that I unlocked it and that's when it appeared. Mm-hmm. Or if that was there from the beginning, I just never noticed it. Okay. There's also uh, a battle mode sort of survival mode sort of thing, which I didn't mess around with it too much, but it seemed like a gauntlet type of thing, like how long can you survive? Mm-hmm. And then there's daily challenges. So every day they'll have like a new uh, randomized level and they'll say like, you know, do this within this amount of time or uh, just survive, you know, beat the level. Sort of like little, little challenges. So that's kind of cool. I mean, it, it adds more replay to the game yeah. to go back to it. So I went through the, the last week just to see what happens and you know, after doing the entire week, it didn't. I thought it was gonna like unlock something, and it, I think it unlocked maybe like a, a new outfit or something like that. But it wasn't anything like spectacular. But I mean, if you really like the game, you know, it's like free stuff that they give you. So I mean, like I was saying, you don't have to spend money if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. I played the Apple TV version, and there were no ads. But I, I can't say the same on the iOS or Android versions. It's oh, it's also on Amazon store. Mm-hmm. Which is something we hardly ever talk about. <laughs> the Amazon App Store. I guess if you have a Fire, yeah, I guess uh, the Fire device. TV or the the tablet. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I don't know if there's ads or not, but on the Apple TV, there's nothing. Uh, there's a, there's also achievements. There's a score tracking mode too, as part of the whole Game Center thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's a pretty like I think they could have charged money for this. It's like a pretty meaty game. I feel like. Uh, the visual style and the 8-bit look to it is, is pretty cool. I, that's one of the reasons why like, I kept playing it. The music's on it really good. It repeats a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like It's like sort of loopy, like an old 8-bit game. So like after the first stage, I'm like, wow, like is there any other music to this? Was this the same track that's going to play through the whole game? But it does change up a little bit later on. Right. Uh, you know, the storyline, you can't ask for anything more than that. It's like... You know, an eight-part web series, practically. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, they're long, too, the storyline. So you, you would say that the parts one to seven act as, like, a prelude to the game? It's kind of doesn't. No, <laughs> oh, all right. Like, really, just part seven <laughs> sort of does. Uh-huh, I see. Because part seven, I, I, I skipped over a few of them when I went back to watch them. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of long. They're, like, you know, a couple of, it, like, five, ten minutes, some of them. I watched part seven, and it's like, all right, well, this shows the king. And it shows you a little bit how... But really, if you don't have to watch any of those, if you just play the game from the beginning, mm-hmm. it sort of gives you a, a storyline to begin with anyway. Like, it gives you that whole... It just presents it a little differently. Mm-hmm. So you really don't have to. But it's, like, just extra content, I guess. Okay. Or if you followed it and you like that character enough, you know, to make you want to... It looks like the game graphics? Game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does. You know, the in-app purchases, I, I felt like, were, were fair. You know, you like... you know, I. I played with the controller, and it played fine. Um, it has on-screen controls, I guess, on the iOS versions. On the Apple TV version, you can only play with the controller. Mm-hmm. It's one of the few games that I know of that... Because Apple, over the past couple of months, they had a poli- Well, originally, they had a policy where every game had to use that Apple TV remote, Siri remote, whatever they called it. Oh, boy. That's nice. And a lot of developers didn't like that, so... Sure. There wasn't a whole lot of games, and Apple sort of changed their mind and says, okay, now you can release games and make them require the iPad controller. The full I mean, game the pad, controller. Which, is, which is the like a full-size game controller. Yeah, yeah, like mm-hmm. an Xbox sort of controller, but, you right. know, Apple standards. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this one, you have to only play with that, and it plays fine. Um, you know, controls were great. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, I can see this game on, like, Steam. Mm-hmm. Or even PS4, like it seems like it's it's got enough to it that maybe maybe they can add in a little level or two, but it seems like a pretty well like polished game. Well, Jetpack Joyride's on consoles, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so. I mean, there's plenty of mobile games on Steam also, so mm-hmm. I could probably see this game maybe 
at some point being on Steam. And but maybe they'll, they'll tweak it where they'll you it'll be a paid game, mm-hmm. but a lot of the stuff will maybe be unlocked, like the creative character stuff. Right. Sort of like to balance it out. Like I don't have much bad to say about this game, other than that it does get a little repetitive. Mm-hmm. You know, as a lot of beat 'em ups are. You know, because you do do a lot of the same things all over. What, what you'll happen? What happens as you, as you get into these levels is you'll you'll do your platforming stuff, and then you'll get to a scene where it says fight, and then in these scenes it's just like an onslaught of enemies that you have to keep fighting, and then the, the whole like finger point like move on sort of thing, like a double dragon, yeah, sort of like let's go forward sort of thing happens, and that gets a little tiresome after a while. But I, maybe if you don't play it through in one sitting like I did. You know, he breaks it up a little bit, won't feel as repetitive, but uh, I don't know, I still liked it. I think it had enough character and style where it didn't bother me that much. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, like, glitches go, I found two of them on the, on the Apple TV. One where the character was walking, I was fighting a boss, and the character just freaked out and started just walking to the left for no reason, and I couldn't control it. It just locked up hmm. until I died because, you know, he was just, he had nowhere to go and the boss was hitting him. And there was another part where... I got trapped. The screen scrolled. I was supposed to like jump upwards and then the screen was like scrolling to the next section, but I fell and I didn't make it as the screen was scrolling. So I got trapped like on the screen below mm. and, um, I couldn't jump up cause I couldn't see where I was. So I know I, I had to just, luckily there was like electricity things on that area and I just had to like walk into them and kill myself, <laughs> but it was totally off screen. So I couldn't tell what was going on. I, I just saw like my, my energy going down. So, so that was like a little, yeah. So hopefully you had enough lives to recover from that. Yeah, it's 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 fairly easy game. I felt like I mean it gets mm-hmm. a little bit trickier later on where I, I had to like definitely pay attention to you know if I had a potion or not, but um, it never really got like that frustratingly hard. The bosses are tricky. I would say that those are probably the biggest challenges. Some of the boss fights, mm-hmm. but I, it's a pretty well balanced game. I, I think it's a good game. It's 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 great. Especially if you like like the Scott Pilgrim type game or yeah Castle Crashers like I, I, I dig that style and, and action and well it's good I guess I'll check it out it's this was a surprise to me because I didn't know anything about this mm-hmm. I mean I, I forgot all about it actually but I just saw the the, the little icon I was like all right this you know this character looks kind of cute I guess mm-hmm. and then I, then I put it on I was surprised at how good it was cool yeah not bad. Something to do with your Apple TV. Dan the man. <laughs> Besides YouTube. Besides YouTube. <laughs> well, you could do YouTube well. If you right, want. right, right. I know I haven't been able... To, I've been downloading some games, and Apple TV now will automatically download, like, any... If you if you buy something, like, on the iPhone or, or iPad, it yeah. will automatically download, like, the Apple TV version. So I don't use the Apple TV that much, and I turned it on, and now I see, like, 12 new games on there. I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't even know nice. there were Apple TV versions of this stuff. They probably, yeah, they probably update them occasionally and add that in. Yeah. Yeah, like, I was going to play Dan the Man on the iPad. That was my plan. And then I just, for some reason, put on the Apple TV because it's been, like, a month or two. Mm-hmm. And that's where I saw it. I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll just play it on here, and you will use the controller. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> but what about new stuff that you picked up this week? Oh, boy. No well, toy shows this week. No, but that didn't stop new toy acquisitions, right? Right. Well... We could talk about a few things. All right, well, why don't, why don't you start that off? All right, well, Target, my one of my favorite stores, had a sale. Mm-hmm. This past weekend, for 30% off any toy in the store. Right away. That, and games, that, too. That, Boards, everything. That that catches my attention. Not, not video games, I should say, but like, um, you know, like Catan or whatever. Whatever those, falls into yeah, the toy category. Yeah, those, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I went, didn't go too crazy. I was, I mean, the, there wasn't really much left. It was pretty ransacked in there. But I did find a, uh, what's it called? It was like the Piranha Plant world of nintendo figure but what it turns out was i mistakenly thought it was the piranha plant but it's the um he's called bone piranha plant <laughs> <laughs> so you got the spooky so, haunted house I, version yeah i got duped i thought it was the the red and white like little piranha guy i think you forgot he's um i guess yeah he's in the the castle areas this one mm-hmm. so it's still cool though i mean i 
you know, I wanted a piranha plant. I think it look, I like the look of it. Personally. It's, uh, what is it, three inches? Mm-hmm. So this was 30% off. I think it was like $3. And uh, I picked up a few Transformers. Oh, unsurprisingly. That were 30% off. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah. They were like $7. Um, one was a little bit more, but... Yeah, well, actually, they had they had an additional sale going on because normally those were fifteen dollars toys, and they marked them down to ten. Yeah, and then you had thirty percent off 30% of that. Off that. So it's almost two for one, mm-hmm. which is uh, pretty good. That's how we justified it. <laughs> and I was glad that I was not the only female buying Transformers because there was a girl there, and she had a Galvatron figure in her hand, and right. we made a comment. And she actually said, she goes, no, I have a tattoo of Transformers on me. Uh-huh. <laughs> she said, I'm a big fan. She didn't show it to us, though. No, she did not. But <laughs> I'm like, all right, so I'm not the only like female buying Why not? I, I, there's no limits. No. Anybody could get one. And actually, because the place was a little bit ransacked, we had to yeah. ask for some help. And, uh, you know, one of the workers was good enough to bring out a restock of, of some of the ones we were looking for. Because we asked for specific ones, but then she just brought out, like, the whole wave. And then... Yeah, a whole cart full we, of... We kind of yeah. picked out the ones we wanted, and then and then she restocked the, the shelf with whatever was, yeah. was remaining. Mm-hmm. Which was still good stuff. And I was having second thoughts about picking up some of them. I thought, mm, I don't know. I'm trying to be selective. I don't want to get every know, single one. That's what I'm trying to be, too. Because I just don't have the room for this stuff. Yeah. So I ended up coming out with only only two of them uh, from this wholesale. But which One of them was uh, Wheelie, which is not a, a character I particularly One hold. of the most hated G1 characters. <laughs> as I understand it, he's not particularly well-liked as a character, but... As far as the design goes, I thought the toy was a perfect representation yeah, of him. Yeah, it's a great, great mold. It uh-huh. looked like a like a perfect version, and I thought I gotta add this one because I just like the look of it. Yeah. And um, the other one I got was part of the uh, the robots in disguise line, which some people may not even consider true and proper Transformers. Yeah, those, those are like. The, the line for, like, the kids growing up now. Yeah, and I kind of like some of them. They're, they're, they're well-made designs. I think they're cool. Uh-huh. So I really just bought it just on that, on just the pure aesthetics of, of it. Not necessarily. Yeah, they're a little, like, futuristic. It looked like a, was it a bike? I think it turns into, like, it a It transforms tron, into, like, a, a cycle, right. Yeah. Which I think is the proper scale for some of my figures. So I mm-hmm. think I think that's kind of the reason I went with that one. Someone's going to have fun playing with your toys this week. I uh, don't play with any <laughs> toys. I just simply display them on occasion. Uh-huh. <laughs> display, you say. That, that is my official stance on the issue. But yeah, I, I just like some of them. What mm-hmm. can I ta- what can I say? Well, they <laughs> I see them as like sculptures, you know, they're like pieces of art mm-hmm. that some people buy hummels and figurines and yeah, other dumb, you know, baseballs and stuff and they display those things. So like how is this any different? Right, right. right. Exactly. It's, it's art. It's all art. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, so that was really the only thing I decided to pick up this week. Yeah. And uh, for 20 bucks, that's good enough. I did buy something off eBay, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, another Transformer. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I posted photos on my Facebook. Shockwave. Oh, right. It's, it's a Japan import. I mm-hmm. actually imported a toy from Japan. So this is the uh, upscale line of It's an upscale, of, yeah. Figures. I was hoping it was going to come to America. It never did. Mm-hmm. Uh, eBay had a sale this week. It was like a 15 off 60 or something like that. Yeah. So I applied that coupon towards the purchase. It brought the price down to uh, much cheaper than I've ever seen this toy go for. Mm-hmm. It was used also, so I got it even cheaper again. So it was like more than half the price. And... Uh, I crossed my fingers that it was in good condition and it had a box and everything. And it's really the, the toy was meant. It was the only thing it was missing was batteries mm-hmm. from the you know the original the original batteries. Yeah, which I'm not even sure it originally came with batteries. I don't know for sure, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's perfect. So I, I took some photos <laughs> and back in the box it goes. Yeah, it goes well I know I know Shockwave's a favorite of yours, and you're gonna yeah, get my favorite any and all incarnations of him. Soundwave and Shockwave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't blame you. Another thing I cross off the list. He's been on my list for over two two years. Mm-hmm. Or no, over a year. Since it was available, at least. Right? Yeah, I think it was announced like last Christmas or something. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I can't believe we haven't gotten that one in the States. It's a lot of money. Yeah, and even if it comes out in the States, it's probably going to be just as much. You know, These would, typically go for what? At least, least 130 or so? Um, it depends on the size. Anywhere from 60 to 200. Mm-hmm. This one would probably be around the 180 mark, I would say. Wow. In America. 150, maybe 150 to 180. Mm-hmm. I'm just basing it on what Soundwave cost. Soundwave was 140, and then they jacked up the price to 180 to 190. That's crazy. Depending on the Toys R Us you were at, yeah. Wow. Grimlock, I think, was 200, which was originally 70 when that came out, and they, they raised the price to almost 200. I guess they feel they can take collectors for a ride. Let's, yeah, Toys R Us, their prices fluctuate depending on which location you're at, which city you're in, and you know which website you go to. It's like playing the stock market. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Terrific. Adult toys. Mm-hmm. Some some toys are Wait, labeled that, sounded, that way. That sounded really inappropriate. <laughs> right. Uh, what's the other term? Um, I don't know. Adult collectible. Okay. Perhaps. I like that better. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I guess if that's all for pickups, well... Yeah, because I didn't get an NES Classic. Uh-huh. That's what I was trying to get too. Yeah, this, that was another. Was that was another thing where Walmart was offering to sell a batch of NES classics every day at 5 p.m. Eastern, mm-hmm. and they briefly went up every day, and the website briefly went down. It was just a Monday through Friday only thing. That was it. Mm-hmm. And I had it in my cart twice this week, and both times I tried to check out, and it would not let me check out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then to, to rub salt into the wound, they send me an email like three days later that says, oh, you forgot something in your cart. <laughs> I hate it when they do that. Don't you want to check out? So I got, I got that message. I'm like, what can that possibly be? So I clicked on it and it's the NES thing. And then it says not in stock when you go to check out. I'm like, right. come on, Walmart. Yeah, well, computers don't. These guys think. They don't know what whether it's in stock or not. I guess they could check. They should. They should check the, if the item's in stock before sending you that email. Yeah, they should. But, but it's automated. You know how it is. I, I did actually get lucky and get a controller for that dumb oh. thing. Well, you're one step ahead then. So The only thing is, though, you know, I got that through because that was part of the thing that we're gonna, Walmart was doing was the controller and the machine was mm-hmm. going to go on sale. Yeah. So somehow I was able to get the controller in the cart and check out. Uh, so... I had it shipped to store because that was the quickest default option I could do. Mm-hmm. And it's still pending. It's supposed to be in store, I think, by the time you hear this. But they still have, they haven't sent me notification that it's there yet. Right. So we'll see if the order gets filled or not or if it disappears somewhere along the way and they cancel my order. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Good luck. I don't even know why I want that thing, but for the same reason I buy these dumb toys, it's just like... It looks cool, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> right. Well, the, we, I think we talked about it last week, right? Yeah. Well, the other thing about it is that a lot of people think, hey, if if I mean, it's a nice package as is, uh-huh. but if there's any way to modify this thing down the road, it's, it becomes even better. Yeah. <laughs> right. It becomes well, that would be nice. Even it has even more value to it. And initially, the the thought was this thing is going to be hard to change anything on because. It's all, it's a very, it, you know, there was a, there was a sort of a breakdown of it. Very simple components. It's a single circuit board with two chips mounted on it. One's like, I guess the, the main, uh, processor. And then the other one's pretty much the, the ROM chip with all the games on it. And the thought was, it's going to be hard to change anything on this thing. And as it turns out this week, we've gotten word that uh, someone in Japan has been able to modify the Famicom version really? of this system. Okay. They were How so well because you know initially we wondered what what is this thing running on. We speculated that it might be perhaps uh, like a, a RetroPie or something. Well, or? at first we thought maybe it's a maybe it's a Wii inside because of the type of controller it uses. That made the most sense, yeah. And because, you know, Nintendo has the technology and they've they already... A, they probably have a factory of Wii still somewhere. <laughs> maybe. Wii minis. They've got uh, Virtual Console worked out on, on Wii for a long time, so they, that would make sense that it, would, it might be something like that. But I suppose since after all these years... 
it becomes even easier for them to just put it on some kind of ARM-based system on a chip type of a system where everything's very simplified and it's already all worked out mm-hmm. how to do something like this. And uh, yeah, so maybe, you know, something like a Pi, but maybe maybe somewhere in between. Who knows? But as it turns out, it is some type of system on a chip and it is running some custom build of Linux on the, on there. And uh, there is some open source software involved. So as a result, Nintendo actually published the source files of the of the system that's running on this on this uh, is that unit. Something legally they had to do. That is being in compliance okay. with the uh, the open okay, source license rules. I remember watching a video demo of that NES Classics and. Right. It had some like big weird disclaimer on it, mm-hmm. and I thought that was kind of weird to show all that stuff like on this thing. Yeah, but I guess that's part of using open source. You have to, right? That's part of the thing. It's that you have to share what you've changed. Okay. Basically, you're you're kind of you took the source files, you changed it in some way, so you have to give that, those changes back to the community uh-huh. that that produced these files in the first place. Okay, and. These files are freely downloadable on Nintendo site. You can go on Nintendo site and, and download really the source files. Sure. So you can have the NES Mini on your computer. well. It may not work on your on the hardware that you choose oh, okay. to use it on because it is custom written for for this particular machine. Okay. But it lets people see what's on there. So the bottom line is, how do I put more ROMs on this thing? <laughs> Did they figure that out? Well, no, they haven't done any of that stuff it is pretty limited at this point what they've been able to do with it at least hook up the disk drive family computer disk drive to it (laughs) at the very least can i do that uh definitely not that's not a feature nor was it promised (laughs) yeah well apparently this this person in 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 japan uh, someone by the name of uh you random was able to, uh, using some kind of USB cable, um, they were able to, to sort of load their own custom loader onto the machine, and it allowed them to extract files from, from uh, the system in order to use his own kernel as mm-hmm. a result. Um, yeah, so it's just the beginning. It doesn't really amount to much other than access to the system. So I suppose that's a, the first step in perhaps being able to do more with it down yeah. the road. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think what they should just do is sell the empty shell of it, so we can put a, a Pi in there, a Pi Three, whatever those are. And but they'd rather you buy their hardware. Well, we're still going to buy the mm-hmm. the thing from them. I saw many I just people. Want the shell. Inevitably, almost every comment on this uh, on this system, there's always somebody in there who says, I, "I'll I'll gladly buy one of these things for sixty bucks just to gut it and put my yeah, own my own it's shell an in there." Case though, sixty dollar case. You would think, but. I saw someone three print one, mm-hmm. and it looked pretty good. And I don't think I think you could do it for less than sixty. Seems like you should be able to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Well, it's interesting. At least thought. they use USB controllers. You can have Bluetooth because they have that eight bit dough controller mm-hmm. that would I think would work real well with something like that. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. That, that's one of the things I want to look into when I do get my hands on one of these. Mm-hmm. But well, did anyone make, um, I guess, you know, kind of third party wireless controllers for Wii? I'm sure they did. Right. Uh, that plug into the Wii remote. That's a really good question. I don't know. Well, no, because the Wii remote's already wireless. So well, yeah, you... but but they allow attachments to the controller. So I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's huh. always wired in that case. Oh, yeah. But uh, that would be one way to do it. But if some third party did it as just a receiver that could plug into it, yeah, I guess why would you bother, right? Well, I think the whole issue was you need to be have, you need to be in close vicinity of the um, power and reset button on the console. Uh huh. So you always want that close to you anyway because that's how you change your game or you change your save states. You know. Yeah. Well. The, doesn't the Pro Controller use the home the, button that, to reset I, I it? I read that. I don't know how true that is, but I did read that somewhere. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you use the Pro Controller. Uh, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, because, you know, we saw this thing and we said, oh, it's got a Wii, Wii Remote 
ports on it, so naturally yeah. you can use any Wii controller. But that turns out to not be the case. Not be the case, nope. <laughs> there is something different yeah. in that official controllers work, but third-party ones don't seem to. Yeah. Including one that was specifically designed to look like the NES Advantage controller. Well, right, yeah, I know. The Emio <laughs> or something. Uh-huh. It, lo- it looks cool, too. It looks like an, an, a replica of the Advantage. But, um... Yeah, and people who bought it, it's got like one-star ratings across the board because yeah. it doesn't work on the... They're saying there's going to be a fix for that, so uh, we'll see. Firmware fix or like um, a, a newly revised version of that? It might, it might just be like an adapter that you put on the end. So that that's what I'm wondering, because I have a Mayflash Wii, Wii, uh, that we port adapter yeah. to USB. Right. And I'm wondering if that would work on... Although, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it's USB to Wii port. I have to check that. <laughs> so maybe it won't work. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure it exists. Yeah. But yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Let's get one of these first, and then I'll, uh, right. I'll take it right. further. <laughs> Let's do it firsthand rather than yeah. speculate. Uh-huh. All right. Good deal. So, I guess we'll wrap things up. Okay. And uh, thanks again for listening. Yep. Thanks for joining us. Please visit us on Facebook. Leave us a comment if one comes to mind. And if you sh- if you have any good Black Friday deals that you found by the time we record our next show, definitely leave us a note. Yeah. And we'll, we'll share your findings and we'll share any of ours. We might have some Black Friday pickups next we'll week. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how see. things look. Yeah. All right. Great. So see you next time. 